This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. Episode 700, A Lucilius Parable, A Game of Skin. Lucilius was not paying much attention as he watched with lackluster interest his student pulling back the drawstring. All he saw were errors, the form, the tension of the student's muscles, the angled arms, the curve of spine. Lucilius knew where the arrow would go, but he did not instruct, not seeing the bubbled hope on the student's face. Lucilius was caught in the images from long ago, from a time when he himself was learning. Invisible across the water, the wind had been crisp, flexing the taut sailcloth, bending the stiff mast. The boat heeled as it sped up, water taunting the edge, tinting it green. Ease the main, the old sailor had whispered gently, and Lucilius at the helm let out some of the stricken line. The buried edge slipped out of the water and the boat leveled. The student released the drawstring, and the arrow careened off at an awkward angle. The student sighed hard and fast, and then unsheathed another arrow and drew it back against the drawstring again. Lucilius casually stepped forward and tapped the boy's shoulder down and pushed a finger on the bow against its natural lay and poked the boy's side, making him jolt up straighter, tapped his pinched elbow up higher, and then grasped a lock of the boy's hair at the top of his head and pulled skyward. The boy grimaced as he stood straighter, trying to hold together all of the adjustments, trembling like a paper building before the softest movements of air. Lucilius took a step back to look at the boy, not noticing his bored sigh as he did. The boy's back had slumped again in response to all the other tensions he was holding, and Lucilius quickly stepped forward again to poke the boy back to posture. The tiny details of the boy's hard-set face quivered, but Lucilius did not notice. Lucilius's mind was elsewhere, remembering. Close your eyes, Lucilius. Now gently push her into the turn, and as she rounds, feel how the water eases and then tugs on her. That's how you'll know when she's round. I'll handle the lines. Ready when you are. Lucilius could remember even now, all these years later, as he brought the helm over with his eyes closed, how the weight had shifted against his feet, his body swaying with the move, the loose feel of the helm and the spin, and then quickly how it grew a force against his hold. He'd opened his eyes to a wide and nodding smile. Beautiful. Now Lucilius watched the rickety posture of his own student, the small waver of the arrow tip, Lucilius knew how wide cast that waver was, and when the arrow flew, Lucilius did not even follow its flight. He took the bow from the boy, and with the slick speed of years and hours and the thousands, threaded the arrow to a full draw. See, Lucilius said, all of the body's movements are at once. He eased the drawstring and then quickly repeated the swift move before the straining, wanting eyes of the boy. Again, Lucilius said, the boy took up the bow, drawing in all his breath. With teeth clenched and unseen, the boy fitted the arrow and then tried to expand himself as Lucilius had done, drawing the arrow back. But the boy was weak in ways that could not be filled in the moment, but only with great time. And because of this, 
he wavered in his core. The arrow went its own way, and the student looked again to Lasilius. The boy's teacher had a face that showed plainly his truest thoughts, his better mind elsewhere soaked in years past, with the time when he, Lasilius, had been the student. And because of this, he failed to keep up the face his student needed, failed to see where his student was truly wanting. You aren't paying attention to the right places. What should I pay attention to? Only fundamentals, your body, the breath, how both move, expand, how they rise to show you the right moment. So I shouldn't look at the target, the boy said, looking off at the far circle, confused. Lucilius waved a dismissive hand at the target without looking. That, that is just detail. It, it doesn't matter. The boy looked at him, more confused, and then the boy's eyes wandered around as though they hoped to catch something that was missing. How do I pay more attention to the body and the breath, the boy finally asked. Lucilius pointed at a pair of empty wooden buckets and a thin yoke that connected the two handles. Carry water up the stairs for the rest of your day's practice. And with that, Lucilius left, failing to see the boy's confusion who saw the buckets as punishment, not as an exercise for strength, as Lucilius intended. The next day, Lucilius watched as the boy wobbled in his stance, his tired frame struggling against the draw of the bow, his sore fingers aching in their task, begging to shy away from the boy's drive. But he was unyielding. The arrow flew and the target was left unblemished. The boy sighed and looked patiently towards Lucilius, but the boy's teacher only shook his head and closed his eyes. The body, the breath, Lucilius said. The boy nodded as he knocked another arrow, but he held the bow just like that, staring at the target. Just when he w would have usually drawn the string all the way back, he only stood still, watching that elusive circle, so clear before his eyes and yet shrouded. It lay behind an impossible veil. Then the boy took the arrow off the bowstring and placed it back in the quiver. He did not look at Lucilius, but walked to the wall display and hung the bow up in its place. Then the boy turned briefly to Lucilius, bowed deeply, and then walked away. The next day, when Lucilius expected to receive a student, he was left waiting. Lucilius stood watch for an hour, then two hours. Then, after three hours, he wandered off into his garden, an arrow in one hand. He sat down beneath a giant oak that he'd planted long ago and watched the arrow as he balanced it in an outstretched finger. The boy did not show and would never return. Lucilius spent the day sitting in the garden, thinking, reminiscing once more. He could smell the salt and stink of fresh sea air, the speckling light on the water like millions of stone faces soundlessly chipped anew, reflecting again the crisp light. Are you ready to be tested? Lucilius was asked. Lucilius grew worried. I don't know, he said. A big barrel laugh sounded. That's right. Not for you to know. This is where I must learn and test myself. Wait, Lucilius said, puzzled as he handled the boat's helm. Who is getting tested here? A broad smile answered him. Both of us. Lucilius was handed the two lines for the other sails in addition to the helm he held. The old sailor smiled at him. Well, here goes. Save me, Lucilius. And with that, the old sailor swiftly mounted the gunwale 
and tossed himself into the water. Lucilius was drawn into shock as he tried to realize the lines in his hands, the pole of the helm, and the man now far behind in the water. Lucilius looked back, spotting the man's smiling face as it bobbed between the waves. Lucilius checked the sails and corrected his course. Okay, okay, he repeated to himself as a plan of necessity emerged in his mind. The old man had led them downwind. Lucilius would have to beat back up in order to get him back aboard, and the longer he waited, the harder and longer it would be. Lucilius drew in the lines and spun the boat high against the wind, and then tacked onto a second course, now calm under the rattle of sail and line, knowing their meaning now, drawing them in again as the wind caught once more. And then slowly, Lucilius worked the boat back upwind, towards the old sailor in the sea. Lucilius sat beneath the great oak, remembering that time on the ocean, and finally noticed that he was bleeding. His fiddling hands had drilled the arrow tip into one of his fingers. There was something satisfying about the ache of pain that had dulled before the pinch. Now realizing what he had done, he had been lost in the old reverie. He watched the bright maroon lick a path down his hand as he held it raised to sea. Months later, the wind whipped through the garden, pulling acorns from the vast tree. A girl stood against the wind, her eyes set, the drawstring creasing into her cheek. The arrow flew, bending through the tossed air, and then she looked to Lucilius for his reaction. He was nodding. It's time. You're ready, he said. The young woman's face grew with question as Lucilius stepped close to her. He swiftly grasped the string that held her long hair in a tight bun and snapped it, loosing her hair to grow suddenly wild in the wind. This girl wiped a hand up along her face to reveal her startled look. Do not touch your hair, Lucilia said. But I can't see, she said, confused. Your hair is a part of you, Lucilia said. You will have to see with it. And now you will aim for the apple. What apple? the woman asked, rattled now, only seeing Lucilius in fluttered glimpses that peered through the blinking gaps of her hair as it sailed in the wind. Lucilius did not answer. He turned and began to walk out towards the target. The young woman held her hair aside against Lucilius's word to watch as the man arrived at the target. She watched as he gently removed the arrows and piled them near the target, and then he turned to her, Standing in front of the wide target and from a fold in his robes, Lucilius removed an apple. He placed the apple on top of his own head. Lucilius could see a familiar shock filling the girl's face. But he knew now what was required to quell the calculating mind, to draw it into the heart of the student. The girl stood a few moments longer in shock, holding her hair aside. Then she released it letting her long locks run freely with the wind. She took up her bow. She fitted the arrow and drew it back, breathing deeply, expanding herself against the power of the bow. And just before she let the weapon fly, Lucilius smiled and closed his eyes. This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you find the Tinker Thinking Podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, you can share it on social media with your friends, you can blog about it or discuss it on your own podcast, 
or you can support it directly, and you can do this on the support page at TinkeredThinking.com. Both one-time support and monthly subscription support options are available. Thank you for your support of the show. It's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Any feedback or questions are always welcome, so feel free to reach out. And until tomorrow, remember to be careful about the context.